0: What's wrong with bolo ties?
1: I'm sending you to Timbuktu for that one.
0: I've honestly, I've always wanted an excuse to wear one. I've never, I have one. I've never found an excuse in order to wear one. And I would like to find, obviously, you know, uh, if I'm going to a wedding, even in Ohio, a bolo tie would be pushing it. So uh, it'd be pretty difficult. I think I've got to go south of the Mason Dixon line. to find something that's acceptable but man okay what what about the derby would the derby be an acceptable time because it's like out outlandish dress
1: no that's when that's when you wear that's when you wear the stupid hats okay
0: nobody nobody likes the ties
1: i think i think the like arkansas derby or like the texas uh state fair is when you could wear a bolo tie
0: okay no it seems reasonable all right, that makes sense. Um, well, everybody, welcome to the I don't know, what's June 4th edition of the DH podcast. Um, where where do you want to start because I'm I still for for a long time I'm just grateful because we said this a bunch last year to where we're like, "Hey, when we have something, we're going to be super excited about it." And now it's like we have I'm not going to say too much, but that's what I want to say. Like we've got so much shit going on, to where it is tough to watch every game, and it's it's on it, it unless you've got multiple screens going. It is impossible to watch every game, so uh, that's the way that I have been operating recently.
1: Where, where honestly, where do we start? There, there's just been. In in today alone, and we're recording this on June 2nd, in today alone, there has been more things happening than there has been, I would say, in the last week. Because I think in the last Ooh. week, we kind of just made shit up. Ah. Yeah, I mean, I would was- right. like say the, the, we, have the like and we have all of this stuff. But it's like within today alone, there's been more shit than there has been rumors, like real stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, our our biggest change. Yeah, a lot of what we talked about last week was stuff that still hasn't unfolded. I mean, uh, Julio still hasn't gone anywhere, stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of tangible stuff. Are you surprised that Coach K is only taking one season of a victory lap? No. He doesn't get to go to every ACC court, though.
1: I don't think that matters to him, truthfully. I think it's one of those things where, um, he kind of looked at it from what I've been told is that he kind of looked at it and said, I- I'm not a hundred percent in, right? Like I know that I'm coming to the end and I can't in good faith. Okay. Recruit kids to come to Duke and play for me when I'm not going to be there at some point. Okay. So I, I think. Look, from, from what I, I had heard this a month ago, I want to say, that, that they were preparing for the – at the time I was told this, it was the possibility of yes. Coach K announcing his, his retirement. Um, so I had heard this previously, and mm-hmm. the big thing that was said to me was that this isn't so much that Coach K can't coach the X's and O's. I think he – from what I was told is that they think he wants to do one more Olympics – Which would be this summer. Oh, Uh, if he is doing the Olympics this summer, which I don't know if he is. Yeah, go ahead Um, because I got something on that. But it's not that he couldn't do the X's and O's, it was that they weren't, he wasn't sure how he was going to do in the quote unquote the Wild West that is NCAA transfer portals and recruiting. And it's one of those things where rather than, and I think you saw it in the recruiting aspects in the last at least two years where Duke wasn't bringing in their higher-end talent that they usually bring in every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And they weren't doing it for the last two years, and I think that kind of waned on him. And it was one of those things where his, his goal the entire time was to beat uh, Coach Williams. Yeah. yeah. That was his goal. His Big goal Roy. was to always beat Williams. And, and the fact that he retired – first was a win for k and i think shortly thereafter he was like all right now that he's gone i can leave
0: oh that that is a very petty thing but also i would probably do the same thing um it is petty
1: but it's one of those things where it's like it it perfectly sums up who he is then why wasn't Beheim
0: on that list for him did he serious did he just not think that Beheim was on his level
1: i think it's one of those things where he kind of looks at it and says "Beheim already has one foot out the door right? Bayheim reti- like announced his retirement. And then we've been still waiting for his retirement. <laughs> yes. So, so, fantastic. <laughs> so I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think he already knew that Bayheim already had one foot out the door and I don't think he was really competing with Bayheim anymore. Okay. Now, what I will say about Beheim is that it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right. Because I think this is the last year of buddy. Mm-hmm. I think he could play next year, but I don't think he will. And, okay. and he gets his other son to transfer from Princeton or Cornell, one of the two, to go play for him too. So so I'm interested to see. I think this might also be the last year of, of, of Bayhide.
0: It, it easily could be. I mean, he, his son's out the door technically now, so there's, there's not a whole lot left. I think one of the things that really hurt Coach K's ability was that he didn't really get the opportunity, especially in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the chance – to mold kids in the way that he wanted to Um, because coach K is very good at like, Hey, you know what? The first two years, these guys are going to be average, but once they've got the system, once they've got the work ethic, those last two years are going to be on fire. And so the really heavy, heavy, heavy insurgents of the one and done, the RJ Barrett's, the Zion's, so many more didn't help his, and they weren't conducive to his system. Whereas Jay Wright perfectly fine with that, Coach Cal perfectly fine with that. So it's different. See, I don't.
1: I don't agree with that. I don't. Jay Wright is definitely not a one and done guy. Jay Wright's never really had a one and done guy. The best chance that you have of convincing me that Jay Wright is a one and done guy is, um, oh, who is it? He played this year. Um, well, maybe
0: it's because he hasn't gotten
1: enough talent to come there. But I mean, he has. That's. But it's one of those things where it's like. Sadiq Bay is going to be Sadiq Bay last year, I think, right? Yes. Hold on. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking into this wrong. I am looking into this wrong. Um, the only one and done guy that he's going to have is no one. He he has everybody. He's had everybody on his roster for two years, and then they leave. Hmm. I.e., Sadiq Bay is the first one that I'm thinking of. Um, James Robinson Earl is declared for the draft this year. He's, he was a sophomore. Jay, Jay Wright has never really been a one and done guy. He's always been a two and done guy. And I think the big things that you can take away from this is that if you look at, if you look at what I think all these guys have done, and the only ones who really have been able to attain the one and done culture are, Kay, Roy, and Cal. I think those are the only three that have been able to really have a firm hold on the one-and-dones okay. because then their one-and-dones end up usually doing well in the NBA. But Jay Wright's never been a one-and-done guy. Um, Chris Beard has been a transfer guy. He's not a one-and-done guy. Um,
0: what, about, what about self?
1: Self is a mixed bag because yes, he does have one and done guys, but his one and done guys usually end up going to like Europe. When I'm not, I'm not
0: saying you're, you're referencing like a stranglehold on the one and done market. I, I would say that's been a lot of Kentucky Duke has made a, a decent bit of um, effort on that one, but um, I was just thinking more notable. So it is, I, I, I was a huge swing and miss by me. I, that is crazy to me, and since 2006, when the one-and-done started, Jay Wright hasn't had one, which, honestly, is kind of um, inconceivable to my brain almost, because typically that's the way that most of these guys get national championships, and he's got multiple.
1: Wild shit. It's it's one of those things where I really do thoroughly enjoy um, – the one and done culture of this because it definitely brings a different aspect, but with the way that things have been turning out, now you're seeing a lot of two and dones, which is what I think Jay Wright has a better handle of than say a Cal and say Bill self because Jay Wright has had three, two and dones and all of them have on draft in the first round. Okay. And one of them is going to be this year where he's going to get drafted in the first round. But you just kind of look at it and just say, you know, that's why the one and done in in the transfer portal, I think is a big reason why Brad Stevens will never go back to college. I think when you taste what it's like on the other side, you're stuck there. You're not going back. And I think Brad's okay with that, which is what we're going to get into next. But I think if you, if you kind of just look at the whole thing as a whole, you're you, to get these one and dones or this transfer portal or whatever the hell is coming next in college basketball, which is yeah, so interesting to me is, is you're going to need a, a guy where he fits one of three criteria, right? That's what everybody's going to is a former player, whether it's in the NBA or a college legend. Um, somebody who is high energy and can be demanding, but at the same time has a quote unquote swag to him. So I'm thinking of like an Eric Musselman uh, at Arkansas. And I'm thinking of a Chris beer. What
0: a wild compliment to the must bus swag. I love it. No, trust I me. Mean, I'm, I'm a big must bus guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an extremely genuine person but I, I, love, I love calling him just telling me a swag. I love that.
1: And then, and then you've got the guys who are kind of operational freaks, where it's like everything is a process, and they go through it five or six times, and no matter how many times they go through it, it gives you the same results. And I think that's what we can see in, like, the Hurleys and Nate Oates and uh, Mack at Louisville those are that's the type of the thing that I look at okay and then you've hit your fourth degree which is college legends which is like Tony Bennett um Jay Wright Bill Self Coach K etc the the that short list is still there so it's one of those things where that's how the NBA is turning into that at this point is now it's going to be operational guys former players and um people who can produce results. That's where this is going. Right. And, and college starts, usually starts that process earlier than the NBA does, but that's what we're going to see. Okay. At least in my opinion, in this next Celtics hire, which is the first. Oh, we're already getting <laughs> No, which is no, but it's like, that's the first head coaching hire in the NBA. That's going to happen. Right. Because so far to my knowledge, I don't think there's been one, NBA reassignment, but the one that was reassigned, he got them to the playoffs, and I think he's going to stay. Okay, that was more. That was more what I was saying.
0: No, that makes sense. So then, where where are you putting Huggy Bear in that uh, in that you know category Bear, system? Bear's that have
1: Huggy Bears in the in the in the college legend type of okay.
0: coach. Okay, yeah. Is he? He's also very process oriented. It's just that the process hasn't been able to. Be I think
1: I, he's very process oriented but it's one of those things where it's like he is a very particular recruiter and it's one of those things where it's like if he knows he's not going to gel and I'm putting in an air quotes gel with the player he's not going to get him so I think that's why his recruiting classes have been down lately because he knows that he can't gel with that whatever player it is but whoever okay. does end up playing for his team he gets the most out of. Yeah, no, that you
0: you are you are very much correct. Yes.
1: Um, so to, so to, for the beginning point of this is that Coach K's retirement is definitely the end of an official era in college basketball because I think it's going to be K's retirement. I think it's going to be Ab's retirement and Roy Williams' retirement are really going to be all shrunk into one Yes, because of time period, timing and whatever. Um, so now we enter a new era of college basketball where it's going to be a lot more it's going to look like NBA free agency and, and there's some points where it's going to be good, some points where it's going to be bad. Um, but that's, that's the roller coaster that we are all going to have to experience and deal with and, and see changes as they go. Um, so as for whoever comes into Duke next, which is going to be John Shire, um, he fits the mold of, of one of the three that I already mentioned, which is he used to be a Duke legend. Yes. And that's, that's what everyone just assumed was going to be the next coach at duke anyway it was going to be a duke legend whether it was john shire who's now the head coach in waiting whether it's mm-hmm. whether it was anthony capel who was the head coach in waiting was a duke legend all this stuff whether it was steve Wojciechowski, which is in the same boat of a duke of a duke player legend um one of the hurleys i'm sure would have would have gotten it if he was an assistant at duke already and saw the process and whatnot so it's it's one of those things where it's like I think that was the mold that Duke was going with, no matter how long K was there. But now it's like in trend, so it's like nice. But you know, it, it it'll be interesting to see where where Duke goes from here because I can see them having the I can see them going in two directions, which is having the post UNC down that they that UNC had after. Um, mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Retired. I Dean do. Smith. After Dean Smith retired, and or or they could have the um, middle of the road, not great, not bad. That Notre Dame has had with Mike Brett after D- after Digger retired. So so that's kind of how I see it.
0: Okay, well then we might as well get into it. Who who do you want versus who do
1: you think will go for the Celtics kid? So, so I just want to give a little background here because I think I think context is important for the Celtics situation. Um I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that it was a coincidence that Danny Ainge was talking about not coming back as early as March. I don't believe that was a coincidence, which was around if not after the trade deadline because i think he knew that he was going to screw up the trade deadline so i don't believe in coincidences i don't believe in the timing of this because i think that they were going to get some pushback for danny Ainge's comments that he had last week which whether you want to give him pushback or not that's entirely your business it's one of those things where it's like danny age said this on a golf course it's very clear that he was just folding in this interview Yes, you know, he said stupid things in the past and I'm not and I'm not excusing him for that. I'm just saying that he, he it was very clear based on the context of that interview that he was just packing it in. That Most being likely. said. That being said, there definitely was a change needed for the Celtics because you can't go from Eastern Conference finalist to being out in the first round which, again, I understand the Lakers are probably going to be out in the first round and the Heat are going to be out of the first round. But it's one of those things where it's like you're also talking about a Celtics franchise that has a Celtics team that has had, I think, more scrutiny, more attention to the dysfunction than either of the two teams that I just mentioned throughout the entire season.
0: Well, yeah, because one of them had Kyrie Irving. And that's a whole different boat we can get into in a second. But for for those of you who have been listening and hear, you know, us argue about the Celtics, we don't really argue one. So I guess I kind of take that back. But we've always said that Danny Ainge won't pull the trigger unless he's like pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. Correct. And and
1: even when he pulled the wool over somebody's eyes, right? They still beat him in the end. Yes. So but but just to just to give a little bit more context to the situation that's going on in, in right now, this is the worst that the Celtics have done in the Brad Stevens era since year three. Okay? Mm-hmm. After year three, conference finals, conference finals, conference semifinals, conference finals. Four years in a row. So I don't I don't know what, what that means. I think it just means whether it was the guys were just done listening to him. I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. I think that this year was one of those years where the Celtics didn't close on anything to help them improve their team. They kind of just brought everybody back from last year, which you saw what happened when flaws in last year's team came out. And everyone just knew how to beat him this year. Well,
0: it, well, yes the the blueprint the blueprint is already there when you don't change your team. But this this has always fallen at the feet of Danny for me. Um, and as much as I've loved him, um, it has always fallen at his feet for me. And it, it his missteps in turn have hurt Brad. Now Brad is what talking about being burnt out and tired and worn out after all this stuff. Like I get it that also kind of comes with the territory. Like you don't think that like Eric Spolster is always tired. Come on. But again, I'd like to put it towards, yes, it is amazing that he amassed all these draft picks. He got Jalen Brown, got Jason Tatum. I mean, the list can continue to go on. And we can't, we don't even have to talk about the ones that he shipped off and what those picks have become as well. But when you don't do anything with them and a lot of them end up in the farm system or even worse than that. You know, you don't trade them away when Anthony Davis is on the table, when Kevin Durant is on the table, because unfortunately, well, not really, unfortunately, but just the fact about the NBA, you need a superstar to get across the finish line. Uh, it, It doesn't have to be two. It doesn't have to be three. Like you just said with the Lakers, it doesn't need to be more than one, but you saw with Toronto, you saw Kawhi. Um, there are plenty of them they where it's just one like I I don't know what you want I don't know what you want so Jason Tatum is really working hard to try and get into that superstar role he's not there yet that's okay Um, that's where an Anthony Davis would have been very helpful a Kevin Durant very helpful so it there's nothing wrong with an even trade but in Danny's mind there was so
1: Look, I think if you if you if you want a summary for how today went in Celtics land, I think you have to look at this and say both Brad Stevens and and Danny Ainge got fired from their current jobs. That's to me, that's how I look at this, and I say Brad got fired from being a coach, and Danny got got fired for being the president of basketball operations. Now, granted, Brad then became the president of basketball yeah. operations. Whether he wanted to do it all along, whether he didn't, I don't know. But that's how I look at this. And I say, I don't believe that Brad Stevens is done coaching in the NBA. I don't believe he really ever wanted to be the president of basketball operations. I think that he has six years left on a contract that is ridiculous at this point. If you just look at it based on how everything, how everything has unfolded from the last playoff series in the last two years. Yeah. To, uh, to, to this year, um, but that's where they are, and it's one of those things where I've heard I've heard two different rumors today that Sam Presti was asked if he wanted the Celtics job. He said yes. The Celtics ultimately said no. Yes, which is again ridiculous to me because I don't I don't think that's true. I don't think I I think Sam Presti is building something there, and I don't think he. I, would he like to jump ship? Sure. I'm sure he would, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's, I don't legitimately think that they asked him whether he wanted to do it. Um, but I, I think there's going to be some moving pieces now. I think it's one of those things where you, you've you seen the domino here and, and we can get into the names that have been rumored for head coach now with Brad there. Um, I have a couple that I have, I have five that I think I like, um, but I mean, this is this is right now just set up as a debacle because this Celtics team is over the cap. Evan Fournier now wants fifteen to twenty million dollars. Love it, and unless the Celtics, unless Brad Stevens makes a move very early on, and like by very early, I mean going into the draft yep, of either getting a high draft pick and losing somebody, AKA Marcus smart or a Robert Williams or Jalen. Maybe. I don't think so. I I think he's the
0: highest person they'll Trade. I think Jason's the only one that's all. I I
1: think, I think Jalen and I think it's going to be, I think Jalen and Jason are safe. I think everyone else is on the block.
0: I want you to be right. I want that on the record. I want you to be right.
1: I don't know if, if we are with that and but that's that's the other thing about this too is that right is that brad can now mold this team team into the division that he wants so if he's like it's jalen and jason and everyone else can f off that'll be interesting um but first he's going to hire a new coach then he's going to figure out what kind of system the coach wants then he's going to go out and get the pieces so it's one of those things where a plus b is going to eventually equal c it's how we get to A and B as the answers to figure out C. So, I don't know what names you've heard for the head coaching front for the Celtics. I have a couple names. Bill Belichick. I hate you. Uh,
0: <laughs> but no, I. It, it's going to be very like just this process to me is going to be very weird because you mentioned they both got fired. In theory, Brad. In. In terms of titles, you know, president basketball operations is a promotion, but it's not because he did nothing to deserve a promotion. He fell ass backwards into this job. The way to explain it. The Brad Stevens era peaked, unfortunately, Eastern Conference Finals, game seven, 2018, with a loss to the Cavs and a loss to LeBron, where I just want people to remember they got swept by the Warriors. The Celtics would not have gotten swept. Fuck you all. Um that's a very different
1: ball game though. See, but, I disagree. I disagree just a little bit. I think that it actually peaked Eastern Conference Finals of 2017.
0: So what was that? The Sixers? Oh, I'm sorry,
1: the Conference semifinals of 2017. That was the year that they beat the Wizards. Wizards in, seven. in seven? Yeah. That was and a fantastic then, game. And then they lost to Cleveland in in five. Because then after that, yes, they went into seven against the uh, they went to seven against the uh, the Cavs, mm-hmm. but they finished first overall in the, con- in the conference by two games. Had that was the year that they drafted Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Avery Bradley, who's con- who I still think is a stud. They had Horford. They had Rozier, they had well, Smart, at- Isaiah Thomas. Like that, I think, was the peak year for them.
0: Now, one thing that I think is going to be – I'm sure that Brad is like smart enough to be able to take himself out of this equation, but especially when you're – when like the brass tacks is interviewing people that are going to become the next head coach or any, any position coach – now I use a football term, my bad – but – or any coach, the coach needs to show – how they're going to do better than the last person. So people are going to be in meetings with Brad Stevens talking about how, you know, his mistakes and how they are not going to make the same mistakes or how they're going to achieve better than he did because, you know, no finals appearances and, you know, Eastern conference finals is no longer good enough. It's finals appearances or nothing. Yeah. And the, the, the core two, core three, if you really want to stretch it for the Celtics, do have that potential. They need help. They need help. And hopefully Brad's willing to do a little bit more than just bring in Evan Fournier. I don't know.
1: So so there's a couple, there's a couple of names that I have circled as yeses, but I'm just going to go through the whole early list that we have. Okay? okay. And I want your yes or no before I give my yes or no, okay? okay. Sure. Do you think this person is – Capable of being the Celtics coach.
0: Ah, uh, there we a, go. A,
1: and B, do you want him as a Celtics coach? Him or her? <laughs>
0: Who was waiting for that one? Okay, yes. Him or her. <laughs> Jason Kidd. No. Notable. Not capable, getting out. And if you Thank say you. another name too, I'm going to kick them both out too.
1: I'm going I, – I your other answer is Lloyd Pierce, isn't it?
0: Um, no, I saw a tweet about Jason
1: Kidd and somebody else, and I. Oh, I'm going to get there in a minute. Okay. Lloyd um, Pierce is my other no. He just got fired by the Hawks, and then the Hawks, right after they fired him, went to the beat are beating the Knicks in the first round. Yeah,
0: first it's like first. Adam GaSe. I don't yeah, want it. That's why I'm a no. Um, Chauncey Billups. Oh yeah, that was the name that was mentioned with Jason Kidd. Um, no and no. Although I think that they're. It, it, he would be the best out of those three options.
1: I think he's capable of coaching the Celtics. I don't want him to coach the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I think out of the the three that you've named, if I had to choose one, I would take him in a
1: landslide. Yeah. Um, this is this is an outside the box name because sure. I don't think you know who this is. But one of two Spurs assistants on my list, Ime Oduka.
0: Heard the name a lot today. Don't know enough about their resume to be able to make a
1: strong decision. So I agree. I'm just going to plead the fuck one of those on that things one. where it's he kind of based on who he's worked for. Yes. Well, that that just
0: depends, though. It does now. The Celtics hierarchy, including Brad Stevens, do they want to go in a pop like system
1: well, when well, that hasn't well, worked? Well, let's look at this for a second, right? It's pop for seven years. Then he went and worked for um, – who was the Sixers coach before Doc? Brett Brown. Thank you. And now is working for Steve Nash. He's a Nets coach. I apologize. (laughs) Every picture I've ever seen of him is with the the Spurs, so I'm surprised he's a Nets coach. But that's a name for me. I'm going to say yes, but – I, I don't know. The answer for number one is I don't know. So I, he's in my yes column. Um, Sam, Sam Cassell. Capable.
0: Probably not going to like this. I do think he's capable. I don't think I want him, but I think he's capable.
1: I think I want him.
0: Okay. I think I want
1: him. I think he has enough. I think he has enough pull in the NBA.
0: Oh, he definitely yeah. To,
1: to bring in a free agent if he wants to. I think he also could um move the needle on some iffy players for the Celtics and if they want to stay. On okay. If they want if they want to stay. Um Mike D'Antoni.
0: Well and sorry before we get into this, he he is I'm gonna circle back to your comments about college basketball. He would be a former player to come in yes completely forgot it my, my brain just broke for a half second so yeah yeah okay continue uh, assistant
1: for the 76ers right now because castle
0: Tony capable Tony, i'm a no capable yes do i want him no
1: yeah I, i'm in the same boat i don't think that he's right for this team do i think he could be right for this team in three years yes um kenny atkinson
0: I don't think he's capable, but it would be a very fun experiment.
1: Oh, I think he's capable. I think he's very capable. He he overachieved with the Nets team that should have sucked, and the only reason was he got, only reason he got fired was because Kevin Durant wanted him fired. So I mean, yes.
0: Now, has has this Clippers season swayed you against him at all?
1: Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. He works for the Clippers. I'm pretty sure. Okay. My answer is no.
0: What? Uh, did it sway you at all?
1: Yeah. My answer, doesn't sway me at all. Okay. Because if that was the answer, Chauncey Billups should be off your list too. Oh,
0: well, he, he is off my to, list and, by the way. And Ty
1: Lou listens to Dan Craig more than he listens to, uh, kenny atkinson
0: yeah thank you for not saying tylu
1: tylu is not even close to being on my list
0: well he, he always get he's like one of those weird guys that always gets floated around it's like Jeff i don't Fisher. i don't think that he is enough he would
1: he that stevens respects him enough to do it i think stevens kind of views him as a as a lebron puppet
0: yeah that's how i see spolstra It's
1: fun. Mm, i don't know why you see spolstra that way
0: When was the last LeBron time they won? LeBron wanted
1: Spolster spi- fired. If anything, he's a Pat Riley puppet. When
0: was the last time
1: they won? They went to the finals last year. I said one. <laughs> when was the last time anyone other than LeBron James or the Golden State Warriors won? Kawhi. And? All right. Um, Becky Hammond.
0: Capable, yes. I think I think Brad's willing to pull the trigger.
1: That's my point in this. There's the, Her and Carol Lawson were the two names that I, I'm bringing up. I think they're both very capable of being in charge of an NBA franchise. And if there's anybody in the NBA as an executive power right now to pull the trigger and do that, Brad Stevens is the only person, in my opinion, that can do it.
0: Well, and this sounds super weird, and maybe it's because I'm I'm obviously biased, but I think that the Celtics are one of the 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 teams that would also accept that. Could believe it or like say what you want, believe it or not, there are going to be plenty of players that are not a fan of that shit. So the Celtics, I'm I'm positive would have no issue with that as well.
1: Well, looking at it too, right? Like when Carol Lawson was in Boston for the one season, they loved her. They thought she was great. Marcus Smart has said it multiple times. Yeah. Um, Jalen Brown has said it multiple times. They thought that Carol Austin was great because because she challenged them in ways that they had never been challenged. And I think that they – I I, per, I truly don't believe that a team of a younger generation like the Celtics are – because the Celtics are not an old team. They're a very young team. Yes. Right. Still I one of the I, youngest. Yeah, I think I think a younger ish team is more accepting of a woman coach than I think an older team. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think I don't think, Le- I don't think LeBron would ever do it. Not trying to. Not, I'm not trying to start anything with LeBron's that, but I, I just don't. I think LeBron would. I, I just don't think LeBron would do it. Whether Le- it's whether it's he just would – he always needs to be, in my opinion, checked out at some point, right, whether it's –
0: What do you mean checked out?
1: Like, I feel like he doesn't, like, pay all that much of attention in practice. I feel like he doesn't – Fuck no. Right, so that's my point, and that's that's a place where you'd have to listen to the coach. I don't think he would do it. So that's what I mean. Like, I just don't think that he would – I'm not saying that he wouldn't play for one. I think it's just one of those things where it's like – I just don't think that they would mesh as well as people would want.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm all down on LeBron slander, hundred and ten percent.
1: I'm not trying to start shit. That isn't that. That's what I'm. That's I, what
0: I think I'm the, the asteri- asterisk, whatever the fuck it is that I would put on there, would be he wants to be the coach without the title, and he's 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 happy to do that if he's winning. But if there's more than five minutes left and you're losing by 30, then he's gonna walk off the court. And a coach can't walk off the court. So that's where you know I I don't I don't think it matters who, but if if he wants to be in charge of them and if they're gonna not let him be his puppet, then there you go. Yeah, I agree. Shout I agree. out David Blatt. <laughs> Who is uh, are, like it is crazy? If you go overseas, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, this is the greatest guy, greatest coach of all time." What are you guys talking about? Like, yeah, I would
1: love, I would love him to come back. I think I'd be okay with him on the on the on the Celtics.
0: Nah, um, that experiment went so poorly, so poorly. It didn't though.
1: He went fifty. He went eighty three and forty. Okay, in hundred and twenty three games. And yes, he lost in the finals. Well,
0: plenty of people lose in the finals.
1: But they lost the Warriors four to two to uh, four games to two in the finals. And then they started thirty and eleven, and then they fired him. I remember that with with the best record in the conference,
0: and you know what? The more that I think about it, that, may be more of a LeBron thing than anything. But
1: what was it? And, the, the, and then if we want to go here, was that the case going to be Brent fun Brown? for me. The assistants on that team were, were or the coaches were Tyloo. How's he doing in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Jim Boylan, how do you do in Chicago? Yes. Larry Drew, currently with the Clippers. Um, some dude, I cannot – long, long, Longabardi, Michael Longabardi. Sure. I don't know. And then James Posey was an assistant coach.
0: Who was um, – I'm trying to think.
1: And then it, the next year, you lost to the Mike Warriors Brown. four games to one.
0: I almost got him mixed up with uh, with Phil Silas because it's, it's old LeBron. But um, one, one of the guys that had one of the, the best 2010s of all time, um, Mike Brown. Mike Brown had an unreal go, – goes and hangs out in the Warriors for their run after, you know, after he and LeBron broke up. Fantastic. Got to love it. Mm. That's that's some king shit right there. Um, let's see here. Where well, I'm going to keep going with the NBA talk, Suns are good.
1: Are they, though? I think so. Are, are they good, or are they just fortunate that the Lakers are fragile pieces of glass?
0: I mean, there's a reason why they're the two seed, right?
1: Well, no, yes, and no. <laughs> they're a two seed because the Lakers were fragile pieces of glass, and the yes. Clippers specifically did not want to be the two seed. They can't control that. I'm just, I'm just saying. But you can't, you can you also can't argue
0: that an injured team like the Lakers is deserving of the two seed. They're not.
1: I, I'm not saying they are either. I don't think that there was anyone in the Western Conference that was deserving of the one or the two teams. <laughs> because as I mentioned, the best two three teams in the conference were either hurt, didn't care enough,
0: or hurt. but that's that's the thing about the great like the great teams though and LeBron is typically considered to be a part of these that, the Warriors didn't care where they got seated. There was only one year they gave a shit
1: where they got seated.
0: And that was 73 and 9. The others, nope.
1: Yeah, had had that go for them this year. For who? The Warriors.
0: No, I'm not. Sorry. I was talking about during the Warriors run. So oh, I was com- yeah, I was comparing them to the Lakers in the sense that the Lakers also didn't care where they got seated because they go, hey, you know what? We get eighty. we got LeBron, we're gonna storm through this. And in theory, it very well still could happen. You know,
1: um, it, it, in theory it could, but you're now going to have a really immobile, immobile uh, Anthony Davis and the man who quit in the last five minutes of the last game, LeBron James, who I did not think looked good at all in that game. No, I mean, he just looked old. I think that he passed up on a ton of shots, had 19 shots, and that's not good enough for 30 points. No, he needs to be – Talking about a player that needs to have 30 points in the playoffs for his team even to be in contention. And he had 24, and his team was still not in contention.
0: Yeah, I mean, you need a lot of these guys. I mean, Jason dropped – you know, Tatum dropped 50. He dropped over 40. Like, these guys that want to be the number one on their team, they are – they're dropping. And they're they're doing well. And the, the thing I'm gonna reference it and like yeah, you can complain to me that they're they're playing the Knicks, but Trey Young's dropped over 35 every game in that series. Yeah. And that's what a number one has to do. It's the playoffs. You this is what you did load management for. This is this is why you did this. So yeah.
1: so So to me right now, as I'm looking at the entire NBA, the team to beat right now, for me, and this is going to be a very hot take, Mm. the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: I don't really think that's necessarily a hot take.
1: Well, I think a lot of people are picking the Nets.
0: And it's understandable why people would pick the Nets, but we've seen, so uh, for those Eastern Conference people, Chris Middleton has always had, the Celtics number even in the playoffs plays really well against the Celtics well mm-hmm. now he's had he's translated that to every team so now Chris Middleton is stepping up to being the role that he should have been when the Bucs were always those number one seeds so now mm-hmm. they're playing like a one seed but they're not getting their respect so Maybe maybe it's finally good for them that their hopes aren't too high. I don't know what's working for them, but I truly think that Chris Middleton has taken like not a huge step, but the step that the Bucks needed to continue to roll. Um, and yeah, I, I like that. I like to see them in the finals. Uh, sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals. I think we will see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't
1: think your take is like that. That wild at all. So, I mean, look, it's one of those things where – and I and I want to touch on something after I finish this point. But I think it's one of those things where right now, to me, there isn't a single – there isn't a team that I'm screaming at and saying, yeah, I can see them winning the title. The closest to me are the Bucs and the Nets. Nobody in the Western Conference looks like they want to win the title this year, whether it's because of injury, whether it's because they just – all of them just look like they're in the same compete level as each other. There's like no team that's standing out to me, which makes, which makes it fun. But at the same time, it's like, you've had this predictability in the NBA for the last five years. And it's like, I would like a little bit more of that. Okay. But going on to this for a second now I've heard, I've heard rumors and I like rumors and I like sharing rumors with the people. If I don't think that this necessarily is a rumor, but if the Bucks don't do well, and by well, I mean they either lose in this round or the conference finals, Budenholzer is out. I don't think that's a secret.
0: No. I don't think – I, I don't – I think they – yeah. The
1: name that I've heard to replace him is fun. There is a certain coach, head coach, right now in the NBA – who doesn't have the greatest relationship with his star player. Partially because his star player is hard to handle, partially because of other factors. But the temperature is, is that if he were to go to a different team with Giannis on it, Giannis would be okay with it.
0: We really can't be talking about Steve Nash, can we? We're not. Thank God. Well, I don't think his players, I don't think his players respect him. So that's kind of where that was your tipping cap to me on that one.
1: Not even, not even close because right now it's also, I mean, if you really want to go there, the Brooklyn Nets are also coached by three different people. (laughs) Four, maybe. Okay. No, they're actually, I lied. They're coached by six different people. They're coached by Steve Nash. Um, Mike D'Antoni, Jacques Vaughn, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. But then, then that would be an easy route
0: to saying, oh, you know what? I think my talents are more needed over here. I, I don't know.
1: Anyway. No, it is not Steve Nash. I've heard it's Rick Carlisle. Hmm. In Dallas.
0: No, no, I know. Um, how long have they been feuding? Is a different? Point.
1: Uh, I've heard that it's been since the bubble.
0: Did not know that.
1: Well, I don't know if it's like feuding, but I, I've heard that since the bubble, um, they have been, um, Luke has been a pain in the ass in and around the facility.
0: I would assume that he is a twenty-year-old somebody that's considered the top five in the world at what yeah. they do. Yeah, that's a prima donna.
1: That's what I've that's what I've heard. So I, I've I've heard that he's been a pain in the ass in and around the building. Carlisle is looking for an escape hatch, um, and if he and the team that would accept him right now would be the Bucks. And I think I I the rumor is is that Giannis would take him with open arms.
0: Well, what about the Celtics?
1: No. Not I think you would I think you would consider Boston, but I think it's one of those things where it's like Boston's gonna be like a two year rebuild. I don't think he wants to do a two year rebuild. Okay. You're giving him the option of winning now with the Bucks or doing a two year rebuild and then
0: hoping who, that you win. Who
1: knows where you are at that point.
0: Right, there you go. That makes sense.
1: So I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but that that is the that is the rumor that I heard. And it's a rumor that I frankly enjoy. So, we want to share with the rest of you.
0: You you should want to share that. Um, Let me see here. Yeah, just going back here, uh, Trey Young's averaging a triple-double in the playoffs. Just these guys that are the number one option on their team, they want to play, they want to win. Now, I do think they're going to beat the Knicks – In the garden tonight. I think this, I I know it's only two one. I think this thing's shut. Okay, I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but I think it's shut.
1: Okay. Just like, well, trying to think here. As as someone who put down money on the Hawks tonight to win, I agree with you. But just to be the contrarian, because I feel like the people like when we disagree. Will the Knicks have that same aggressive physical play that they had at the end of game four? And will it translate well into game five at home?
0: I mean, I think it definitely will translate because I think they realize this is do or die. Uh, well, technically, it's not because it's only two one, but I mean, it's three one. It is, yeah, and am okay, then I'm right. But regardless, is it doesn't matter anymore? They can come out with that fire, it's this book shut,
1: true. But you also have to look at it and say, since the Knicks beat the Hawks, they have lost the other two games by a combined 20, 30 something points, maybe 40.
0: And by the way, nobody nobody's gonna talk about this until next season when it happens. Um, Tibbs should be on the hot seat. <laughs> he gets one good year, the first True. season out of these players.
1: I know I have brought it up before.
0: We have because you I, I you you loved I the you hire. You know. love the hire now. I will say no. He
1: all right. No, it's 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 he overachieves in the odd years, he oh, underachieves God. in the even years. That's not good for the youngest team in the NBA. Actually, that's not how it went in Minnesota. I have no idea how he did this because he went to the conference finals or the conference semifinals in year one, three, and five in Chicago, and he went to the playoffs in Memphis year two, or in Minnesota year two, and they got fired. So, I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. Julius Randle has played the
0: most minutes of any NBA player this season. Yeah, that's a catastrophe. There is no load management for Tibbs. And I don't, if, if you don't like load management, if you like load management, I don't give a shit. It's, it's proven to legit work. You can ask Kawhi.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. Well, well, let's not use the Clippers as an example. No, I was using, well, Never mind. You, were, I think you were using the Raptors as an example, yeah. which is a good example. But let's not use the Clippers.
0: No, I was not, because then I have to talk about Paul George, and that's a dumpster fire. So, Mount on Tibbs year two. Let me just say that right in the bank. You've put this in my brain; it won't leave. So,
1: okay, I think that's a good thing.
0: Just keep that in mind. Ooh. I agree. You mentioned this earlier. You were talking about the Olympics with Coach K. Yep. So do you think it's strictly money why they're not renaming the Olympics?
1: What do you uh, – yes.
0: Like they probably printed tens of thousands I mean, of shirts same, and the merchandise. It's the
1: why they aren't uh, changing the name for the Euros this year.
0: Just that the merch was already there and they didn't yeah. want to fix it? Yeah. See, to me, I think it would have been smart sell it all as vintage or, like, unique or something, upcharge a little bit for it, and then get people on the 2021 trade too. Why not? It's just me. Just me. Oh, going on.
1: Oh, Coach K is not on the uh, USA Olympic coaching staff this year. Ouch. Who is? I think you could probably take your guess. I'll give you i'll give you it i'll give you a hint not the coach Brad. looks Stevens. like barry gibb did you say gibby no the, the head coach looks like barry gibb
0: oh i don't know uh yeah i do it's gotta be well it's gotta be an old dude because he sounds like a uh, a musician of some sort am i right Yes, is he a
1: musician? No. Well, is he? I don't know. No.
0: Barry Gibb sounds either like a musician or a nineteen thirties baseball. Oh, player. Barry Gibb is a
1: musician. Yes.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, it's got to be pop. Yes. Because the only long hair that I can think of, and nice all and all old musicians that have long hair, that's just the law. Okay, getting back to Brass Tacks, you are in the thick of it in the most fun playoff hockey series I've seen in a long time. And boy, is it fun. Not for you, not for the fans. It's gut-wrenching as a fan, but for the rest of us, we're just having a good time. I hope it goes seven. I truly do.
1: I, uh, <clears throat> here's my take on the first two games. Okay. Bruins have looked like the better team. Okay. Um, Bruins have look, looked like the better team in game one, they did not look like the better team in game two. Um, I think that was pretty clear in the fact that they lost, but.
0: Well, man, anything can happen in overtime, so.
1: It's true. So to me, it's one of those things where the goalie switch for the Islanders really helped because the goalie that the Islanders played has the Bruins number. I think he's six and one against them this year. Um, but they looked asleep the entire second period, and that was evident in the scoreboard being down three to one. Yeah, um, they they haven't had great defensive play, but with that being said, their top line is better than any line that the Islanders have. So, game three is tomorrow in the in in the Coliseum, which is the single greatest place to watch a hockey game. I don't care who who says otherwise. Okay, and it's the last year of it, but it's one of those things where. I, I think this is going to go six or seven, and that's going to piss me off to no end. I think you're right. I think this is going to go six or seven. I think the Bruins are the better team. and I think the Bruins will squeak it out. But this is going to go six or seven, and, and that's just going to make me thoroughly upset.
0: What? Which part about that makes you upset?
1: The fact that I have to live with it.
0: Oh. Oh, that, that makes sense. Okay. Because y- –
1: I don't know. Um, who would I rather be in the second round and losing in Game Seven, or the Toronto Maple Leafs? Huh? I think I'd rather be the Toronto Maple Leafs. No way. No, of course not. I'm just messing around. Nobody wants to be the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: <laughs> I had, I had. <laughs> God, I, I, I wish that we published these videos because you look so happy with that joke. I'm just, i am just love, genuine one ju- of the maple
1: Leafs. Oh, genuine genuine joy.
0: Now, I think this has to be asked based on their performance, um, yeah. forever, not really forever, you know what I mean. Right. So, since the turn of the millennium, have they put themselves into one of the most miserable. Teams to be a fan of now. Let me clarify something here. I don't know exactly who I would put in this in the NFL. I'm trying to think,
1: but oh, this is tough. Hey,
0: there's a difference between miserable and downtrodden. The Browns, for a very long time, were downtrodden, they had no hope of a postseason success, whereas Toronto has hope. So, I almost kind of put for a millisecond, I kind of put the Colts. In there, but not really. Sometimes I put the Bengals in there because Marvin Lewis would keep getting them to the playoffs, and then they'd shit the bed. So, so
1: I don't know who to put in. So there. I'm cutting. I'm cutting you off because you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, you, the the one that you just said is it. That's the answer. Is this is this is yes. This is ultimately. The most disappointing team in the NHL because we can talk about the Sabres, we can talk about the Red Wings, we can talk about this team and that team. But at the end of the year, Toronto's making the playoffs. It's yes. just they're losing. A lot. Like immediately. A lot. So so this is the equivalent that I would put to this is that it's like this is like I I can't believe I'm about to do this. I'm going, to use it. I'm going to use Stephen A. Smith's example. This is, this is like the Dallas Cowboys going to the first round of the playoffs every year. Okay. So three years, in, so for the last one, two, three, four, five years, okay, for the last five years, and losing in the wild card round. So okay. yes, it does draw very similar parallels to the Bengals and the Marvin Lewis era because Marvin Lewis did it in a spectacular fashion over a longer period of time. No, I'm sorry. He went to seven, but he went to five in five consecutive years. So next year, if the Leafs do it again, they will have passed Marvin Lewis with the Bengals. Yeah. So, to me... That,
0: yeah. That wild card Saturday was always a reckoning for them.
1: Yeah. So, so to me, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm looking at this and saying, the Leafs haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Yes. And then the lockout happened, and then they got absolutely raked. Did you see the uh, the Thrashers tweet today? The fake Thrashers account. Yes. Uh, no. Uh,
0: it was it was either it was either that they've won the same amount of playoff series <laughs> since two thousand four, or they've won the Leafs
1: more. Have advanced to the second round of the same number of times since two thousand and four.
0: I mean, hell, even the Blue Jackets got one till then. Holy moly, since then, that's great. So, think about that, folks. It is. Um, it's oh man. Could you imagine being a Bengals fan and uh, a Leafs fan somehow? I don't know how that really worked, but I, I don't know how that worked. <laughs> but if you are, how, stop, stop. Have you Rudy. have you gone to therapy? Yeah. Um, Quick, quick side note for the Bengals here. Did you see the video of Joe Burrow throwing? Yes. Uh, That's not great. No. So for those of you that didn't know, um, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's just a video of Joe Burrow just yeeting a ball, like 70 yards. And the person who like put the tweet out was like, oh, look at this arm strength. It's great. He'll be able to get it to chase the whole time. Well, the arm motion looks so awkward because you could tell that there was so much either hesitancy or pain, we don't know, with putting any pressure, any pressure on that front foot, which was the the leg that got hurt last year, the leg that had surgery on it, the one that he's trying to play all 16, 17 games on, sorry, this season. So it's going to be risky
1: business. The goal of that was to, to get the cooler, which I, I guess is close. It's just the arm. Oh, I wasn't even talking about he accuracy. He just looks uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yes, he can hit 65 yards. I'm very happy for him that he can hit 65 yards after tearing his ACL. But he just looks uncomfortable. And that that concerns me.
0: It should. Okay. Going back now because we we can we can do this. Let's see here. Let me pull it up.
1: Uh, finishing thought. Fuck the Leafs. Thank you.
0: Okay. There you go. All right.
1: Um, <laughs> they lost in game seven. <laughs> oh yeah. Three disgusting. of the six times to the Boston Bruins. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been the thief of joy for them. I love it. Yeah, I'm the thief of joy. Anyway, uh,
0: is Colorado one of the just that good? Is Colorado yeah. that good? Yeah, yeah. Totally.
1: I will. I will say this. There are two teams right now. There's one team right now with is just as good as a, of a first line as Colorado. Carolina. It's Boston. No, it's Boston. Oh, okay. He's just, just talent alone. There's no other, there's no other team and no other line that can compete the same way talent wise that they can. Tampa's a little hurt, which is why I say that they aren't there. Um, and Carolina I think is about two years away from being in, in the same ish conversation ish. Okay. But just talent alone and their ability to, to do all three aspects of the game. Get pucks on net, hit, and play good defense. They are they are one of the two most complete first lines in hockey right now, and I think the Bruins are the other. I'm selfish about Damn. that, but I think the Bruins are the other. Um, this series was supposed to be a very close series. Yes. Game one showed me otherwise. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens now with with Vegas and ha- what direction they go in in net, considering that after giving up seven goals to Colorado, it's pretty much everybody's net, Jimmy. Um, if you don't get that reference, absolutely get the fuck off this podcast. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I think... Man, they, they're good. They're that good. Yeah.
0: But see, I heard so much more rumbling about the the Bruins Islanders series than I did for any other thing in this second round. I
1: I think that's because of the East Coast bias that we live in.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, that could be do. because I think I think Colorado is a team that Well, um, yeah, I, I thought that um, underachieved last year. Okay. Uh, it sounded like I was choking on that one. They underachieved last year and I think they know that and that's why I think they're coming out gun blazing.
0: Are they like the Bucs now, to where they've just been underachieving now they get the chance to actually? <laughs> well, I... no, the
1: Bucs aren't that dominant. You want me to be honest with you? The Bucs aren't winning 7-1. to one. Uh, You want me to be honest with you? This is like Warriors, peak Warriors territory. This is like Some Draymond, Clay, claims. Kevin Durant, Steph, Warriors territory.
0: Bold claims.
1: Yeah. that's That's what we're looking at. Okay. Because you've got they, they they beat St. Louis in the first round, which no offense to any St. Louis fans on this podcast, they made it look really easy. And, yeah, I don't think I don't think they would deny that either. Um and they're they're beating a very good Vegas team in the similar, in a very similar fashion. Um we thought the North was the better division. Um, the top two teams in the north are already out in ter- mm-hmm. in Toronto and Edmonton, and they both lost with pretty much ease. Um, I'm I'm counting any time that Toronto goes up three to one in a series, just immediately that begins the new series and they're going to lose. So that's how I am. Um. So so it really is whether it's the West or whether it's the north, whether it's the East. Um, I don't think. The West or the um, – what's the other one I'm thinking of? It's coming to me. I'm
0: just going to let you keep
1: that. Uh, Or the Central. Um, I I think the Bruins and the Islanders, while it would be a good series with Tampa, because I think Tampa is ultimately going to win that series, I think no matter who they played, I think Tampa was going to lose to the Bruins or the Islanders. I think. I could be totally off on that. But if it was a Tampa Colorado final, I'd be totally okay with that too. So Okay. I, I just I, I think Colorado's a wagon right now. And they're and they're firing in all cylinders at the right time. Now, as we're doing this podcast and as I'm watching, the NHL draft lottery is happening right now. Yes. Uh, the expansion team Seattle has the oh. third bet is tied for the third best dodge for the first overall pick. They can get it. It's a possibility for them.
0: So. I I read something. Is Vegas exempt from giving up a player in this one? Yeah. Because they're so new. What yes. bullshit is that? What utter bullshit is that?
1: What do you What do you mean? What other like?
0: What? They have They have consistently overachieved, and yet now they don't have this. This. There's no loss for them in this. Whereas every other team, like the Sabers, still have to give up players. Yeah. Now nah, that's. I mean. Yes, I
1: understand why the rule is there, but no. Look, I I, I get why you're upset, but Vegas – you have to remember that this Vegas team is, what, three years old?
0: They're really freaking good, man.
1: It's under five.
0: Now – Yeah, this is their fourth season. Please keep me updated on how that goes um, as it comes on. But –
1: I'm watching, yeah. Don't two worry.
0: things I wanted to talk about one really easy uh, Baffert was banned from Belmont or not sorry Belmont by Churchill Downs for two years I'll be there Friday he'll still do whatever he wants I'm not saying he's gonna go he'll still have horses racing it so I don't really see how this is a huge detriment or anything like that
1: well right now he's banned from entering horses in New York and Kentucky
0: um, and Kentucky oh yeah
1: So, uh, just for For how long, uh, until this came out. So they're going to probably follow Churchill down. So I think he's going to get banned for two years. Okay. Um, so just, just for this, um, education for the people. Yep. This wouldn't affect anything in this racing cycle right now, because the only real race, uh, the big race at the end of the year is in California. I don't think California is going to ban him. I really don't.
0: Yes, uh, I would. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Either.
1: Because I think I think that he has too close of a relationship with them. This will hurt him next year if uh, Kentucky and New York both follow through with the Breeders' Cup band or with the banning of, of the horses in their states because um, the. Uh, Breeders' Cup will be in uh, where's it going to be next year? It's going to be in Keeneland in 2022. Yee-yee. So that's in Kentucky. So I think that'll that'll hurt him. That so um, I, I, this does nothing for him right now, but this will ultimately cause some problems in the future.
0: Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then one of the last things I wanted to touch on. Um, I have a deep, deep, deep hatred, Dan Marino. And um, you know what? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, I suppose, here in this situation, Uh, because I don't know why anybody listens to Dan Marino any longer. Um, But he was asked, you know, what do you think about Don Shula's record? Belichick is sniffing around there. And he goes, well, I hope he don't get it. I'm a Shula guy for life. Now, Let's take some things into context here. Because of this statement, I would like Belichick to break it. I would like to see that happen. Even if it's by, like, Coach K standards. One game, get across the finish line, get out. I don't care if it's petty, do it. So, Don Shula, he has 328 regular season wins. He has 347, so 19 extra, playoff wins. Now, when you factor in playoff wins, this is when Bill really heats up the contest. Because I don't know if you know about this, that guy was actually uh, pretty good in the playoffs for, uh, I don't know, 20 years, whatever. So, the, And this, of course, this article, which is most likely written by a Dolphins fan, is neglecting to mention his playoff wins that they say that, um, um, that where is it at here? Belichick has 280 wins. Well, they didn't mention his playoff wins because if you include his playoff wins, he has 311. So he's doubling up Shula's playoff wins. Now that gets him within 36 wins of this, if we're including playoffs, which I truly think you should be. Okay. I think he'll get it. I I think he'll coach like four more years, get across the finish line, because he doesn't even have to win 10 games in four seasons to get that done. So.
1: Very, very true. Yeah. I think he'll do
0: it. I think he'll get it and I'll be happy so that Dan Marino can go to sleep knowing that none of his records matter anymore and that none of his friends' records matter anymore. That'll make me happy as a person. Okay. I feel the same way about Elway in case people were asking. The drive, the fumble. Yes. Okay. I, I, am, I am a grudge companion. You know, and I, I was not a Kyrie and grudge. He's making me want to turn on him. They, he, everybody wants me to turn the grudge on and – when, when he said, "I think we should just keep it strictly basketball," then he didn't, kind of makes me want to turn to just flip the switch, flip the grudge switch on. I don't know why
1: not. Honestly, <laughs> I think you kind of want me to flip the grudge switch a little bit. <laughs> I kind of do. You, you're kind of already there. <laughs> so I kind of want you
0: to do it. Yeah, but okay. So then, I I know that you were letting me talk because you're a Patriots fan, but what what. I mean, do you think he will have 36 more wins in his tank? 36. That's to tie, by the way. 36 to tie, 37 to achieve.
1: So, what's that, 12 in three years?
0: In theory, I mean, I don't think you guys are going to be winning 12 a season. I could be wrong, though, but.
1: That's an average of 12 a year, right? So, let's say they win 10 this year, 14 next year. I don't know. I'm just doing math in my head. Could you just relax for a second? <laughs> Sheesh. Um, I'm not going to lie with you. As a Patriots fan, I, I have bigger issues than what is that the hell is going on with what Dan Marino thinks about Bill Belichick. Okay. Um, I could give you three right now. Uh, Matt Patricia being rumored as the new head coach of the Patriots in waiting Um, Mac (laughs) Jones being a starting quarterback or not, and uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady uh, coming back to New England. I I have bigger fish to fry. That being said, yes, I want Bill Belichick to break this record so all of them can just cry more because I love when old people cry. And now, bitch and moan about things.
0: There, there is a reason why I include the playoffs, and the person in ESPN did not include the playoffs. That's because if it was only regular season wins, completely no playoffs involved, Bill Belichick would have already passed him, right? Nope. He nope. would be he would be even farther behind. Oh, Instead of being thirty six behind, he would be forty eight behind.
1: Wow, that's
0: a, wow. So, yes, I am including playoffs one because I think you should. Two because it also makes the post shorter. I don't care. Okay. Because I don't know if he has forty-eight wins in the tank. That that thirty-six to forty-eight is a very, very large twelve. Large yep. twelve. I mean, he already has more playoff wins, but like we don't care. Like we don't care about that. We care about the holistic view here. So, mm-hmm. and I think I think Belichick sits at three right now behind. Um, let's see, where is he at? Um, George Hollis, yeah.
1: Look, I, I would like him to do it. I don't think he can. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna call it up, call a career after the after two years, maybe three. So if he gets twelve year, twelve wins a year for three years and he ties them, then he'll come back. But I, I just don't. I don't see it. Truthfully, I don't.
0: And the one thing about Belichick is that when he when he says he doesn't care, I truly believe he doesn't give a shit.
1: Oh, I don't. I've ne- I've learned to never trust what Bill Belichick tells me. Well, because I mean, he he only cares about championships. He's a football historian and a football nerd. I he cares.
0: Well, then he's going to get petty on us. If he's that big of a historian, he'll get petty. Yeah, he will. Even if he just quits in the middle of the season once he gets to three forty-seven,
1: <laughs> that's fair.
0: Just pulls the coach K, collapses on the sideline. Wow. <laughs> That's fair. All right. And that's where I want to leave you, fine folks, is with Coach K collapse on the sideline. Everybody okay. gives him roses. Don't you perfect, people forget. What a perfect
1: way to end this project.
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> Please do I, the right thing,
0: Brad. I have
1: I have nothing on this NHL uh lottery thing cuz we've only hit pick 6. Okay, and there's Sorry. I mean we can sit here, we can blurb a little bit more because they're rolling through this like it's candy. But
0: are they actually going quickly?
1: They just finished six. They're doing five now. Oh wow, okay. So, what are um, there has the- been no changes to what the pre-draft order was, and we're through pick six. What was the so,
0: pre-draft order?
1: Oh lordy. Uh, oh, I thought you. I thought they were showing that on hand. They okay. are every so often, but they just switched to who's at five, and it's Columbus gets the fifth. Fuck. Award. All right, relax. You have a top five pick. Take take it easy.
0: No, no, no. There was like a seventy-eight percent chance we had the first pick.
1: No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. No, it's the other number. That's the number that you pay attention to. What other number? Three percent number that you pay attention to. What? So we would have paid attention to the the twenty-one or twenty-two percent. The pre-draft rankings were fifth for you. Some bullshit. Oh. Seattle has a top three pick in the NHL – in the upcoming NHL draft.
0: The Knicks wish they could be so lucky. It's
1: true. Literally nothing has changed in this. It's just the Devils went four and everything else is the same. Are the the, – tied for third with the best. Then we had a commercial. Of course we did. Are the Sabres and the Oilers still on the board? Uh, The Sabres and – no, the Oilers – Are they? I don't, it's literally whatever the top three teams are. The Oilers should not be on the board. I don't know why they would be Anaheim. It's the, it's, it's the Sabres Anaheim and Seattle. So 15 is the Rangers 14 is the stars 13 is the flyers 12 is the flames 11, 11 Chicago, uh, 10 is Arizona, 9 is Ottawa, 8 is Vancouver, 7 is uh, uh, the Kings, 6 is San Jose, 5 is Detroit – or, right, we're sorry, 6 is Detroit. I may have just fucked this up. I don't care. I'm going to do this backwards order. 4 is the Devils, 5 is Columbus, 6 is Detroit, 7 is San Jose, 8 is Los Angeles, 9 is Vancouver, 10 is Ottawa, 11 Arizona, 12 Chicago – 13, Calgary, 14, uh, Philly, 15, Dallas, 16, the Rangers. That's top 16. One through three still hasn't been sorted yet. Okay. That's that's a lot more chalk than I thought it would be. It's The entire thing is chalky right now. There has been no change.
0: I don't like that. Oh, um, why do you think Portnoy switched the streaming up from Borelli's to Boston? Uh,
1: that's what they were doing because they he's do not it. even going to be there. They do it in opposite cities, though. That's what they do. They don't. They don't go where the finals are.
0: No, I'm not talking where the finals are. I mean, I sorry. I thought they were doing every game at Borelli's No.
1: No my, under, no, my understanding was that they were going to do one and two in Long Island, three and four in Boston, and then if they had to, they were going to do every game after that in Borelli's, I believe.
0: Well, they, they are going to have to play past game four, so. <laughs> if my math is right. It is. It usually
1: isn't, but. It is. You have good math today. Let's see.
0: I'm trying to think if there was anything good. Oh, what do you think? Is this a little Hasbala kid? This guy's fun as hell. Who? This Hasbala guy. Um, he's the, you yeah, know, I, I don't know the right word for it. He's the midget boxer. Okay. But like he, he looks like a mini Khabib, but he's like forty-five years old. Okay. Sports Center posts about him all the time.
1: Interesting. I have no idea who you're talking about, to be honest with you.
0: H a s b u l l a. Kid's hilarious because, like, I, he tries to like videotape like him in the car and stuff, and you can't see anything because he's so short. It's comical. Interesting. Why isn't uh, – why, why aren't there
1: ping pong balls? How are they doing this lottery system? They did do the ping pong balls. Oh, Seattle's a top two pick. Oh, God. They did do the ping pong balls. This is just like the after effects of it. Ooh. Yeah,
0: whatever. Okay, Seattle so does has, that mean that
1: the Ducks got number three? Uh, that means that the Ducks got number three, yes. So it's between the Sabres and the Seattle Kraken. Please Sabers. Oh, please give me the Kraken. <laughs> I absolutely want the Kraken. Oh, it's the Sabres.
0: They did have Bo. the greater. They did have the greater odds.
1: Boo. Stop giving the Sabres number one picks. <laughs>
0: That should be your, uh, your campaign slogan. Stop giving the Sabres number one. They do nothing with them. God, I love
1: it. All right. <laughs> My tweet is death taxes Sabres getting the first overall pick and waiting, wasting it.
0: <laughs> um, we needed that extra little tidbit there. Good for that. They do. All right, you beautiful people. We'll see you next week.
1: All right. I guess we have to leave now. (laughs) Bye. Everyone have a safe weekend, even though it's after the holiday and you all don't care what I do. So have fun.